Chapter Twenty Seven of Brenda, Her School and Her Club by Helen Leah Reed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Twenty Seven: A Mistake. Brenda herself was too sleepy that night when she reached home to express her surprise at Julia's having bought the picture. Yet she certainly wondered that the cousin whom she had hitherto regarded as bound to economy should have been able to spend so large a sum for a single purchase. Julia, on her part, was not surprised at her cousin's indifference, for Brenda had a way of seeming curious or especially interested only in relation to things that immediately concerned her. When they had separated and Julia was alone in her own room, she had opportunity for the first time since the morning for thinking over all the events of the day. Her place at the bazaar had been a very pleasant one, and while she had not had much to do with any of the girls except Ruth, her attention had been constantly occupied in disposing of her flowers. Philip and his friends had been especially good patrons, and the former had taken the chances that came to him of going up to the table and talking to Julia on one thing or another, not always connected with the bazaar or with the roses. In spite of a certain amount of conceit, and what young sophomore is without this quality, Philip was really a very agreeable fellow, and in Julia he had someone ready to listen to him more attentively than was Edith's habit, or indeed that of the other girls. For Belle, for example, although she liked what she called attention from the boys of her set, wished to have the conversation turn entirely upon herself and her own affairs, and she always showed impatience when the person with whom she was talking turned to any other subject. Now Philip, though in this he was not so very different from other young men, liked to have someone to talk to who would listen sympathetically to his tales of college triumphs or grievances, and occasionally give him a word of advice. In Julia he found not only an attentive listener, but an intelligent adviser. So, although the bazaar was not just the place for confidences, he had been able to have several pleasant little snatches of conversation with Julia. She had enjoyed these little fragmentary talks as much as Philip had, and they both had had much amusement from his rather clumsy attempts to help her in arranging bouquets for her customers. Julia, therefore, had many pleasant things to recall connected with the bazaar, and not the least pleasant was the fact that she had been able to contribute a good deal toward helping the roses. The one strange feature of the whole affair had been the sudden departure of Madame Delany. And why, mused Julia, did Miss South go away without bidding me good-bye? I know that she meant to stay until evening. Well, perhaps it will all be explained, though certainly now I cannot understand it all. Perhaps to-morrow. And here Julia fell asleep with the question still unsettled. Early the next morning, as soon at least as she had had her breakfast, Julia started off to find Miss South, but the maid at her boarding-house said that she had gone out and probably would not be back before evening. With this she had to be content, although in addition to general inquiries about the strange event of the day before, she wished to talk over with Miss South some of the plans which they had been discussing for the assistance of the Rosa family. They had been finally successful in getting Mrs. Rosa to promise to go to the country for the summer, if for no longer a time. They had found a house in Shiloh, a small village with elevated land not so very far from Boston, and they were sure that a residence there would benefit the sick woman. 
a man whom Miss South knew, who had been at one time given up by the doctors as in hopeless consumption, had moved to this village, and after a year had been pronounced almost well. He had opened a little shop there, his children had found employment for their spare hours, and the family had at last started on the high road to prosperity. This was a great change for them, for during their father's illness in town they had often had to have charitable relief. Miss South's plan for Mrs. Rosa included a certain amount of work for the family. A farmer had been found who promised to employ the oldest boy, and a woman who took summer boarders said she could pay Angela two dollars a week to help in her kitchen, if she could sleep at home. The house which they had selected had a small piece of land where it was hoped that Mrs. Rosa could raise some vegetables. To accomplish what they wished, considerable money was needed, and they had enlisted Brenda's interest to so great an extent that she professed herself perfectly willing to have the money raised at the bazaar used to rent and equip the house, and pay the many little expenses that would be caused by the enterprise. As Brenda really has been interested in Manuel, it would be hardly fair to leave her out of this plan, although, said Julia, although we might get on without her help. "'Oh, dear, no,' Miss South had said. "'It would never in the world do to overlook Brenda. "'She is an impulsive little thing, "'and although Mrs. Rosa and the children "'might have fared badly this winter, "'had they had no one but Brenda to depend on, "'still it is a great advance for Brenda "'to be interested in someone besides herself, "'and it is excellent discipline for her "'to have a certain share in carrying out this plan. "'It is not altogether a matter of money.' Now Brenda, of course in deciding to favor the plan proposed by Miss South, was not acting entirely for herself. Edith, Nora, and Belle were as much concerned as she, and Nora, in fact, as the rescuer of Manuel, was more interested than any of the others. Belle, the only one who might have been expected to oppose Miss South's plan, really had no objection to it. Her one thought in the whole matter had been to get as much pleasure and glory as possible out of the bazaar itself. Edith, while practical about some things, needlework, for example, and lessons, seldom put her mind on money matters, and Nora was as heedless about this as about other things. Brenda was almost as heedless, and yet the four had thought it perfectly proper that she should be treasurer of their little fund. So it happened that on the very morning when Julia was trying to find Miss South, Brenda had received from Mrs. Blair's hands four crisp one-hundred-dollar notes. This was a little more than had been taken at the bazaar, but in getting the loose bills and checks changed into more compact form, Mrs. Blair had added enough to make the sum an even four hundred dollars. The other three girls were with Brenda as she received the money from Mrs. Blair, and immediately they sat down to count up the expenses that must be paid from their receipts. Rather to Mrs. Blair's surprise, these expenses mounted up to more than one hundred dollars, and she scolded the four a little for having engaged an expensive orchestra for the music of the preceding evening, when music was not really needed at all. The ices and other things furnished the refreshment room made another large item in the bills, although there had been some profit from this department. "'I will take one of your one hundred dollar bills, and with it pay the expenses,' said Mrs. Blair, "'and I would advise you to take care of the three hundred dollars, "'for after all it is not a large sum to be used toward the support of a sick woman and five children.' 
"'Of course we'll take care of it. At least Brenda will,' cried Nora, as Brenda folded the money away carefully in her purse, and placed the purse in a small leather bag. Then they went home with Brenda, and they saw her lock the bag in her top bureau drawer. After this they sat for a while, as girls will, idly talking about the affairs of the day, while Mrs. Barlow's French maid bustled about, laying away some new waists and skirts of Brenda's that had just come home from the dressmaker's. "'Look!' at last cried Brenda, jumping up from her seat impetuously. "'Look, Marie, did you ever see so much money?' And opening the drawer in the purse, she brandished the three hundred-dollar bills before the eyes of the young Frenchwoman. "'Oh, my miss!' cried Marie. Three dollars! That is not so very much!' Three dollars!' shouted Brenda. Three hundred dollars! What you call twelve hundred francs!' "'Oh, my!' exclaimed marie her eyes almost jumping out of her head oh my i never did see so much money let me look so they let her touch the bills and they laughed at the comments she made and especially when she cried louis would marry me if that money was mine i thought he was going to anyway said bell you have always said that you were engaged oh yes she replied "'Oh, yes, sometimes, perhaps, but it takes much money to get married. "'If I have to wait too long, perhaps Louis will find another girl with more money. "'But no matter.' "'And she went out of the room, looking much less cheerful than before she had seen the money. "'How mercenary!' said Belle, as she disappeared, "'for Belle always had a word large enough to fit every happening. "'Well, it must be hard not to have any money but just what you earn every week.' interposed edith sympathetically oh it's better not to have much money than to have a man think only of that in marrying you responded bell in her most worldly wise voice come i think we are talking of things that we know nothing about said nora but if i were you brenda i would not let everyone in the house know where that money is nonsense i always carry the key with me and anyway it won't be here long answered brenda no matter "'If I were you, I would give it to Mr. Barlow to take downtown.' "'Yes, you ought to,' added Edith. "'Oh, what fusses you are!' cried Brenda. "'Anyone would think that I was a two-year-old baby.' And just then there was a tap at the door. "'May I come in?' said a voice, which they at once recognized as Julia's. "'Yes, indeed,' cried Nora and Edith, and the former flung the door wide open and greeted Julia with a kiss." "'Where have you been? "'But, of course, you have been to see Miss South. "'It was so funny that she did not stay last evening. "'What was the reason?' "'Well, I did not find her. "'She was not expected home today,' answered Julia. "'How queer! "'Why, to tell you the truth, I was a little surprised myself, "'for we had an appointment together this morning, "'although, if we had not had one, "'I should have gone up there to find out if she was ill yesterday.' "'Oh, tell me,' inquired Edith, "'have you heard anything about Madame Delaunay? "'Mama said that she would send there to inquire this morning, "'but I have not been home since she sent.' "'Yes,' said Julia, "'I did make inquiries at the house, "'and was told that she was feeling pretty well today, "'but that she could not see anybody.' "'Not even you?' exclaimed Belle, a little sarcastically. "'Not even me,' replied Julia pleasantly. I suppose, for one thing, that the bazaar yesterday tired her. They tell me that it is her first time in twenty years that she has been inside of any house in Boston besides her own. 
"'I wonder if that is true,' said Edith reflectively. "'Yes, I believe that it is,' answered Julia. "'Madame Delany said almost as much to me, "'although I must admit that she never talks very much about that kind of thing. "'As often as I have seen her this spring, "'she has never said a word to me on the subject of Boston people "'and their attitude to her, or her attitude to them,' she hastened to add. "'You talk like a book, Julia,' said Brenda, "'who had complained once or twice that Julia talked too precisely. "'Like a school-teacher.' she generally said when she spoke on the subject to Belle. Julia laughed good-naturedly. Brenda's little arrows did less harm now than in the earlier part of the season. "'So long as I make myself clear, it is all right, isn't it?' she asked. "'Oh, of course,' answered Brenda. "'But you and Belle always use such alarmingly correct expressions.' "'Brenda!' called Mrs. Barlow from the floor below. The girls exchanged glances. There was something ominous in the tone, and even the dilatory Brenda decided that it would be best to respond as quickly as possible to the summons. Thereupon the other girls rose to go. In fact, the morning was almost over, and during the two or three hours which the four had spent together, they had talked about everything connected with the bazaar until there was little more for them to say. The late hours which they had been keeping were telling upon them all, and if any one of them had been asked to tell what she felt the most need of at that particular moment, she would probably have said a good nap. Julia, however, was the only one to say frankly that she felt sleepy, and she excused herself as the others went downstairs, while they bade her good-bye at the door of her own room. She had been there but a few minutes, seated in a wicker easy-chair, before the long window which afforded a beautiful view of the river, when the door was hastily flung open, and in a second Brenda stood before her. "'I think that you are just as mean as you can be, Julia Bourne,' she cried angrily. "'It does seem as if I ought not to have spies in my own house watching everything that I do and carrying tales just as if I were a baby.' "'Why, what do you mean, Brenda?' asked Julia, in genuine astonishment. "'You know very well what I mean. You and Miss South. You saw me with Belle the other afternoon. Oh, it wasn't so long ago that you could forget it. You saw us down there by the music hall, and you told Mamma that we had been there. Anyway, I do not see whose business it is. We are old enough to go about by ourselves, but I think that you are just as mean as you can be.' And with this final outburst, Brenda flung herself from the room without giving Julia time to reply. The latter, for a moment, sat in her chair completely puzzled. Then she remembered the day on which she and Miss South, returning from the North End, had seen Belle and Brenda in Winter Street. The two girls had disappeared so quickly that she did not suppose at the time that they had seen her. Now, however, it seemed that they had been merely in hiding. But of one thing she was sure— she had never spoken of the encounter to her aunt, and all this torrent of anger on Brenda's part was wholly uncalled for. It did seem too bad that Brenda should have taken this tone, just as she had begun to hope that she and her cousin were to understand each other. On the other hand, the case was not very serious, since to Brenda, in a calmer mood, it would be very easy to give an explanation. Yet, if it were not for her uncle and aunt, who were always considerate, Julia now felt that it would be hard for her to continue under the same roof with Brenda. Julia herself had always been closely observant of the golden rule. 
nor was her piety of the kind that was displayed only on occasions. She had been most regular in her attendance at Sabbath school, and she and Nora and Edith never thought of letting rain or heat or any other thing prevent their attendance at the morning service as well. But besides these outward observances, she kept the spirit of the teachings of her church, or tried to keep them in her daily life. Neither Brenda, therefore, nor anyone else could accuse her of hypocrisy. She believed strongly in the soft answer that turneth away wrath, and yet no one could say that behind anyone else's back she indulged in harsh criticism. At luncheon Brenda did not come to the table, and a question or two from Mrs. Barlow brought out the fact that Brenda had vented on her cousin part of the annoyance that she had felt at her mother's reproof. "'Of course I shall make it clear to Brenda that I did not get my information from you.' indeed i do not see how she could have thought so i certainly intimated that i had had my information from someone who had seen her in the hall in going there with bell brenda broke two well understood rules of mine in the first place she is not allowed to go downtown except with some older person in the second place i disapprove of young girls going to matinees of any kind and the performance they went to see was not at all a proper one for them i know that i had previously declined to take them brenda knew my opinion of this particular performance and two friends of mine who saw her and bell there were exceedingly surprised that i had permitted them to go alone they spoke of the matter incidentally to me and in that way i learned of brenda's disobedience but i am sorry that brenda should have troubled you about the affair for i know that when she is angry she can say very disagreeable things "'It is not of very much consequence, Aunt Anna,' replied Julia, "'as long as it is a thing that can be straightened out. "'If I really had seen Brenda at the hall, "'I might have mentioned the fact without realizing "'that it could make her so angry. "'But when she understands about this, "'I am sure that we shall be as good friends as ever.' "'I hope so,' responded Mrs. Barlow. End of chapter 27 Recording by Deborah Knight United States of America.